there. Welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans. And where the content is absolutely free, it is a bonus episode of, I say it's a bonus, we're doing them every week now, I think we've passed it, the point of it being a bonus, it's part of the schedule now. We're, we're, we're doing the previews for the, the Ross County game tomorrow, I'm your host, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say to you every week, guys, it's not just the pod tier we have here at Jersnet, uh, we've got the the, the forums, there's, uh, the, the, the website articles, all that kind of stuff, get yourself on there. Uh, there's a history archive on the website as well, so plenty to get involved in, so get yourself on there when you can. Uh, if you like what we do here, uh, we would ask you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got over 5,000 now, so going well. Put the word out there on social media. Let people know that we're here and what we're doing. Uh, I'll bring in my guest, and it's it's Stuart Weir. It's, it's Cagney and Lacey tonight, as uh, Frankie put out on Twitter <laughs> earlier on. Yes, I must admit, I did have a good chuckle at that. Um, I did, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you, 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 must have been, you must have been Cagney then. Right. Um, but no, it was, uh, yes, uh, there are a number of double acts out there that have been compared to Laurel and Hardy, now Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Um, I, I only wait to see what happens with the next one as well, but uh, they, they, they seem to be good combinations. It just annoys me that I'm always the wee fat one, you know what I mean? But there we go, whatever <laughs> partnership it is, I get the wee fat one. I'll be Abbott and you'll be Costello then. <laughs> Along those lines, yeah. Hey, right, sure, I, th- I thought we would, obviously, look at the Ross County game tomorrow, but a couple of things I think we need to talk about before we go on to that, the Livingston game on Wednesday. And there's a bit, been a bit of movement in the transfer market, uh, a couple of comings and goings at Ibrox that we'll, we'll talk to. So Wednesday night uh, uh, against Livingston, a horrible night, by the way. I, I mean, I, I, it's as, as bad a night as I can remember at Ibrox. I, I said this on the, the immediate sort of post-match show, post-match show with, with Eck afterwards. I mean, I'm in the Govan Rear, and it was literally raining up there. It, 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 it was swirling so bad that even being on the, the top tier of the, of the Govan stand, you were, you were still getting soaked. So, I mean, that added to it being a horrible night, the fact that we... You know, Rangers were fairly down to the bare bones in terms of the squad and the, the, the team that they had to select from. And the, the opposition as well, you know, they're, they're just a team that I always feel are a bit stuffy and, and you know, they're never really great encounters, I don't think. So I, I think the feeling from a lot of people going into the game, uh, certainly that's what me and Eck were sort of talking about before it on the show, was it didn't feel like it was going to be a classic. It was a night for just getting the job done and that's what we've done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at Scottish football in general, in the top flight even, you have teams that will have a go at you, which you can literally count on one hand, and you've got those that will sit in, make themselves difficult to beat. You have to break them down. They're not particularly great to watch. And as you say, that kind of spectacle added to the elements which were horrible. Uh, it was never going to be an easy night. It, 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 the, the Rangers produced a winning performance uh, and took three points. That ultimately is your goal at the start of the game and Rangers delivered. The bits in between you can forget about. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a case of just looking at the score, uh, the scoreline, who scored, how the goal came about and part that one and move on to the next game. I, I, I mean, I'm starting to get the feeling, I, I don't know how you feel, Stuart, when it comes to Gio's style, I'm starting to sense there's a wee bit of, uh, wee bit of Walter Smith in him, you know, it's it's very much 1-0 will do, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and and that was the thing about Walter Smith, I mean, I mean, he'd won so many trophies for us and, 
you know, a hugely successful manager. But there was times, especially in the winter, when you were sitting watching games, like, oh, this is a hard watch. You know, you just got the job done and, and moved on to the former week. And I'm, and I'm getting that sense, Vigio, he's, he's very pragmatic and, you know, as I said, 1-0 will do. And, and it felt like that on Wednesday. I think, I, 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 to be honest, I think if you look at who he's played under, you know, as a player and who his coach, his coaches have been at different times in his career, I would think you'd have to say, you know, Dick Advocate as well was quite pragmatic on occasions. And, and again, if one's going to be enough, that's what you take. You just make sure you get that one. Um, I go back to Graham Souness. Graham Souness was a great advocate. If you score one one goal and you keep a clean sheet, you've won the game. And and sometimes that's as good as it's going to get. You know, again, it, it's easy to be critical and you might be looking for better, but a couple of seasons ago, that would have been a game that Rangers would have drawn or even lost at home. So there is there is progress and you know and it, it continues. It started under Steven Gerrard and it's continuing under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Now there was there was a few talking points uh you know that like you know the, the guys that came in that really didn't you know stake a, a major claim in terms of getting more game time like like Seaton and, and, and Scott Wright and I don't think Scott Wright played particularly bad, but I, I felt that the crowd sort of turned against him a wee bit and then he, he started rather than just calming down and getting on with it he, he was trying he, he started chasing things a wee bit and, and then it, his decision making went out the window and uh, it started to get worse from there on in so you, you kind of felt for those guys that it was their opportunity to stake a claim and they never really took it uh, just, Alex, just on sorry just on, on the, the subject of right here's a guy who if you like is a bit part player you know, on occasions there's been responsibility put on his shoulders. Wednesday night was such a night. But you look at who he individually and single-handedly is trying to replace. You know, you're, you're looking at somebody who's doing Ryan Kent's job, Joe Arrivo's job, and even Hadji's job to try and be creative. And that's a big ask. That's a, yeah. a, it's a, that's a difficult one at any time. But especially difficult, I, I, you know, given the level of the opposition as well, who would prefer not to see you play and not give you any chances to play than actually open up and try and attack you. So, I, I, you know, I get what you're saying there. I don't think it was Wright's worst game, but I think no, it was no. ex- extremely difficult circumstances for him. I also think that, you know, your sort of players that come in, you know, that the guys that aren't, you know, going to start every week, you know, if they come in and the the rest of the team is largely the same, they're playing they're playing with eleven better, sorry, ten other better players. You know, mm-hmm. when the team's down to the bare bones and you're you're basically playing a lot of the guys that are, that are sort of second choice in each position, then I think it's harder for them. Uh, I, I thought Alex Lowry done well, but I wanted to talk about the the, the penalty claim because it seems to have morphed into something that. That it isn't, you know. What I mean, I, th- I think it's quite clear that it hit someone in the sort of chest area here, and you know, Twitter, the usual meltdown, definite penalty. He should have been sent off, hun referee, all that shite. And I've said this a few times now, but it, it, this sort of full controversy, and it's every game now. You know what I mean? It's boring. It, it really does. You start to think, you know, just see something for what it is, instead of trying to find something controversial. But I, think, I think ultimately they're assisted and assisted greatly by the incompetency and the you know 
the mediocrity of the officials that are in the Scottish game just now. You know, whereas you might say, well, a referee, a decent referee, would never let that, you know, never award that penalty. Your heart is in your mouth sometimes when you see something like that, just because you really do not know what's coming next from some referees. And, you know, again, it, it, it never fails to um, amuse me and amuses me greatly when, you know, you have slow-mos and freeze frames of so-called penalty decisions. And even when it's hitting the guy in the chest and his arms are behind his back, it, does, it still it still has to be a penalty, simply because yeah. you want it to be a penalty. Well, it doesn't work that way. And to be honest, I, 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 I would agree with you. I thought it was one of these ones where... On a, another occasion, if, if Rangers were 4 nothing up, nobody would have bothered with that. But the fact that it was 1-0 and, yeah. and, and Rangers, you know, squeezed through, it made it a big, a big event and a big uh, decision. There wasn't any big decision. It wasn't a penalty. And hence the reason you could pick up your morning papers and read that. Can I, can I move on to the Livingston game without talking about our field's goal? Uh, I, I mean, uh, the, the more I see it, the more impressed I'm with. I, I, I genuinely think it's one of those goals that we'll look back on in, in years to come and think that was just a wonderful sort of piece of intuition. You know, it was yeah. just it was, it was so, so quick-minded to do it and the technique to carry it out, you know, because he's not a million miles away from Borna when the cross comes in and the ball's kind of close to him, you know, and just to have that sort of presence in mind, just to realise where the goalkeeper was and just, Think it without side the, the, the sort of his right foot and over the keeper. You know, I think if I think if a Brazilian does that, I think if Messi does that, I think if a Dutch player does that, you know, we're all we're all talking about. Oh, look at that! That's that's superb. So I think Scott Arfield deserves the same sort of praise. But I, I genuinely, I, I think that's the best goal I've seen at Ibrox since, since the night I was at the Braga game. Uh, Joe Rebo's goal that night. I, I I I just thought it was a brilliant piece of skill. I really did. I think I think every player has got a goal like that in them. If if you like, if all this, all the sort of planets align, you know, if your kind of intuition and your inspiration and your kind of insight all they all line up, then you can create a goal like that. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you don't get a, a, the bounce of the ball, or sometimes you just come off your foot the wrong way. But you know, I, I, again, you look at that goal, and there's a bit of it. You, you say, well, that, the first thing you see it was. Well, it deflected off him or he was lucky nice. to get that touch on it. It's only when you actually see it maybe once or twice to actually see, yeah, that, that's that's entirely what he was he, he was trying to do. Um, and it was, to be honest, Colin, it was going to take something like that on Wednesday night to, to, to get a breakthrough. It was going to take something maybe a bit different yeah. or, 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 or a bit freakish to, to actually put Rangers in the lead. You know, once he got the goal... They, they managed to hold on to it, but you know, fair play to Arfield. I noticed. I think it was, um, you know, there were several people. I think you might have been amongst them, uh, even before half time. Was get Arfield on, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or, or get Arfield more. That's, than, that, that's my mantra, pretty much every week. Even 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 when Rangers are not playing, you're still asking for Arfield yeah. to get on. But I, it's, um, you know, I, I think there are certain individuals that, that that can make a difference, and he's certainly one of them. It was interesting as well today uh, that you know Gio was asked at the press conference about comings and goings, and, and which we'll come on to talk about. But he was also asked about uh, Arfield, and he, he does seem to 
they rejuvenated under uh, Gio because it it kind of fell out of things under Gerard. You know, uh, Lundstrom was getting a wee bit more game time, and our field was, you know, sort of basically sub most games and, and not getting a huge amount of game time. And, and, and round about that time, I was seeing a lot of comments from Rangers fans and social media and stuff saying, you know, they wouldn't be that bothered if it was if it was Arfield's last season and he would go at the end of the season, his contract's up in the summer. But, you know, I think since Van Bronckhorst has arrived, we've seen what the best that Scott Arfield can produce. And I thought it was really good today to hear Van Bronckhorst saying that, you know, he's looking to give him a deal beyond the summer because I do, I think he's still got a lot to offer. You know, I... Players are, even if if you're a young player and you might have that element of inconsistency, if you're getting a bit older, sometimes fatigue sets in and it's difficult for you to kick on game after game after game. I think Scott Arfield uh, became a bit, you know, he was kind of pushed to the fringes a wee bit under Steven Gerrard for whatever reason, I'm not quite sure. But again, it might be a, a difference here. You got a new manager coming in. The players' uh, sort of attitude might just change. You might not be aware of it, but it might just change. His attitude, own personal attitude, might just change. Just to say, well, I'm going to make a go of this again. All of a sudden, he adds an extra five percent on his game, which might be all the difference needed between sitting on the bench and actually getting game time. And I and I, and I do think that. Uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, even though he played with some exceptional players and was an exceptional player himself, equally I think he understands that sometimes you need guys that do specific jobs and will play specific parts and roles to get you wins and get the team winning. And I think I think he sees that in Scott Arfield. I think he can trust Scott Arfield to, to do a, a particular job um, be it coming off the bench or starting games, and to that end, I think you know if if the 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 manager is looking to to say yeah we'll extend your your contract or extend your stay here, that can only be good for Scott Arfield as well, and maybe take him on to you know yet another level. That he's come round as well and said, you know that he's he's finished with international football. Again, that's all part of maybe his thought process that. Uh, he's at a certain age where does he really need to be jetting, you know, four thousand miles across the Atlantic to play in 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 games for Canada or be a squad player for Canada? Even the travels, you know, takes it out of you. So I think maybe he's decided this is a time in his career where if he is going to put the extra effort in for Rangers, he's got to make sacrifices. The sacrifice being it doesn't play for Canada, and again, that's my maybe why you're seeing a, a better and maybe a different Scott Arfield of late. On to the, the sort of comings and goings, obviously the, the window closes on, on Monday, so Ahmad Diallo signed on, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday, I can't remember, on loan from Manchester United, I don't think there was any option to buy in this one, Stuart, considering I think no. United spent 30 million <laughs> on him, uh, and, but, 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 that, but that alone, you know, the fact that they're, they're looking to loan him to a club with where there would be no option to buy would suggest to me that Man United do see a future for the boy at, at, at Man United you know it, a, a player of that calibre you know a £30 million player coming to Rangers you know even if it is only for you know six months or whatever I mean obviously anything could happen the move might not work out or whatever but a, a good bit of business it would seem and you know you would hope he would add that 
we touch of creativity because I, I do feel of late talking about that pragmatism we have looked like we've, we've needed a wee extra spark at times and, and hopefully he'll be the guy to provide it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of these weeks that you look back on and, and think to yourself that, you know, you never realised there were as many African football experts, Syria art experts, Manchester United, experts. Manchester United <laughs> youth team experts, um, you know, out there until somebody arrives in Glasgow to stay for Rangers. Listen, Manchester United spent all that money on potential. You know, there is a, a very good player there, but ultimately you're spending that amount of money on the potential of that player becoming even better and establishing themselves. Um, I think the fact that United have allowed him to, you know, come to Glasgow, they're obviously looking for him to get game time, but they're looking for him to be playing matches at a certain level as well and have a certain level of involvement. I don't think United would have released him or allowed him to come to Glasgow unless there was a kind of a guarantee that he will be more than just somebody who's occasionally called off the bench. I yeah. think I think United will be stipulating that, that if they allow him to come to uh, Rangers, then it will be a case of we want to see this player play because he needs to develop as well as a player. So it's a it's a deal that will you know looks to the, the, for Rangers and for Manchester United they'll be taking different things out of it. The player will be taking something else out of it as well. Uh, again, trying to make his mark so that when he does go back to Old Trafford, and he will go back to Old Trafford, let's not kid ourselves, um, when he goes back to Old Trafford, he's got something on his showreel to show the manager and say, this is what I did whilst I was in Glasgow. And what better way you know, to, to impress a, a manager or an incoming manager or whoever might be in charge of Old Trafford than maybe with a League Cup winner's medal. Yeah, I would agree with that. He also linked with uh, James uh, McAtee. He's across the road at City. Uh, apparently, there's a, a strong connection with, with Gio. He worked with the City group at, at some point. Can you see that one happening at all? I mean, apparently, he's highly rated. I read today, uh, I think it was in the Athletic, that City actually don't, Pep Gardner doesn't want him out and loan. He wants something to sort of, you know, try and break into the first team there. But the boy himself is, is looking for game time. So you think there's any sort of sort of traffic traffic uh, traction in that one? Sorry, I I do I think I, I think that actually might be to 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 use your your word there traction in a number of these kind of deals. I, I think the reason that you're seeing that Rangers are going for loan players, obviously the deals are not there that Rangers maybe try to cultivate or try to conclude in terms of actually spending money and bringing players in on you know, transfers and on, on, on contracts. I think what you're seeing just now is them giving themselves every opportunity to to win uh, the the league by bringing in players that are going to maybe have, uh, you know, some kind of effectiveness in the actual team. So the fact that Rangers have brought one guy in and are looking at another, it wouldn't surprise me maybe if there's another, another one over and above that, or maybe even another couple, because I think they're trying to give themselves a bit more depth to the squad. I think Wednesday night, it showed anything okay. Maybe those were exceptional circumstances, given that you had players in international duty and league matches still taking place. And, oh, of course, you had uh, you know quite a few players out 
injured as, as well. But I think you actually saw Rangers as threadbare as you've seen them for some considerable yeah, time. Yeah. And I and I don't think you can take that risk. I think if there's a, a if there's a the transfer window's open just now, I think you're better trying to augment your squad and what you've got rather than saying, well, everybody will come back. You know, a lot of guys don't come back. They maybe not come back to form. They might not come back, you know, fit uh, and, and, and healthy again. So I think you've got to try and give yourself as much opportunity as possible by bolstering your squad. And at least, and the other thing is giving yourself some competition for places. You know, if, if Rangers are going out there and signing loan players, there may be one or two players actually within the current squad that are needing that kick up the backside just to spur them on and and you know and kick on for the rest of the season rather than getting into the you know getting into this sort of mindset of I'm a first team player. Well, you're a first team player. You might be a, a, a first team squad player. You might be one of the kind of you know the the thirteen or fifteen or eighteen. Yes, but if all of a sudden there's another two or three guys waiting in the wings, you might need. To you know, give a wee bit more just to guarantee yourself a place in the bench even on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a few supporters, again, looking and stuff on social media and that, you know, supporters complaining that it's just loan deals and stuff like that. But I tend to find January, that's what we do. You know, we, we do our main business in the summer and then we assess the squad in the January window and, and just get what we need to, to, to top it up and get us over the line, you know. I'm not saying that we, we don't get permanent deals in January, but I find January is a window where there's a lot more loan deals as clubs just sort of get get that, those extra players in that, that, that they think they need. But in terms of the going outs, there was there was one sort of uh, exit this week, sure. Uh, Bakuna's left his uh, undisclosed fee, although I think it's around 600k uh, down to Birmingham City. Yeah, you would have to say. I mean, there was fleeting wee glimpses of what what he could be, but uh, it's uh, it's just no work. And I, I kind of wonder if it's maybe the player himself that's sort of pushed for this move because it because he's lack of game time. He's he's come in under one manager and suddenly found himself playing under another, and you know you're trying to do different things. You're trying to impress the guy who's actually brought you to Glasgow, brought you to Rangers. You're trying to impress him one minute, and then the next minute you might be winning the previous manager over and all of a sudden you're starting from scratch again. And if if your mind and your heart isn't really in it and you're asking yourself, you know, what what am I actually doing here? (laughs) Because I've I've come here and I haven't made any progress whatsoever. Is it it time for me to move? You know, I don't don't think anybody can say, well, that was a waste of time or that was a waste of money because that wasn't the deal that was constructed last summer. Uh, and just going on to the transfers or going back to the transfers there, I think January transfers, you know, you're, you're signing guys on these kind of odd three and a half year contracts. What that actually means is that the guys holding out in the summer and you've only got six months left of the contract, it almost means that there's two windows there that you can move in. You know, you, 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 his deal might be cut short that summer simply because you know that unless you sell them then, um, you're, you're not going to get anything for them sort of come the come the January window. So I, I, I think that's maybe why they've, they've held out and thought to themselves, well, unless unless we get a deal that we really want, there's no point in spending any money. People say, well, do they have the money? I, I think they probably do. But again, it's, it's where do you spend that money? And if you're keeping your powder dry, for for the summer, that's all well and good. I still think you have to think that 
if you've got a certain amount of money in the bank just now, you might have an even bigger pot of money in the bank if you win this league title this season. Uh, and and I think you know you might you might just see over the next couple of days the penny dropping that if we're going to um, be successful this season, then we'll need to spend money. Hey, on to the game tomorrow, Stuart. Uh, you were talking there about you know Scott Arfield flying four thousand miles to sit on the bench and stuff like that. But we're missing Alfredo Morelos tomorrow. You know, he's away with Columbia. He's not even in the squad tonight. So, I mean, stuff like that is really frustrating. So, obviously, Morelos is out. Hadji's out for the rest of the season. Davis and Hollander are, are still out for tomorrow. Ryan, Ken and Joe Aribo, you know, he's obviously back. Uh, and, and Ahmad Diallo will be in the squad. So, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like we're quite as threadbare as we were on Wednesday, but uh, I would still say there's a lack of depth in that squad. You know, in terms of the starting eleven, you would get a team out that you think would do the job. But mm. if, you're, if you're having to rely on the subs coming on, then you know you're, you're, there's not that same sort of strength and depth that there would be if some of these guys, uh, some of these guys were with us. Yeah, I think you're also looking at um, a team that if Livingston were going to dig in at Ibrooks because they were away from home, and that's what you do at Ibrooks. You're also looking at a team tomorrow that are at home and therefore have a bit more of support around them uh, and have a, a history and a record of making it difficult for Rangers. You know, I, I, you know, people will say, oh, well, what about this game and what about that game? Rangers scored, you know, three and four were quite comfortable. I think the majority of Rangers fans will be thinking to themselves, this is a game you just want to go up there win it again, one goal might be enough, take the three points and get back in the bus and, and get get back yourself back down the road. Uh, points you down the road, aye. Right, and, un, and unscathed because because it has been difficult in the past. I mean, they're, they're, they'll be well drilled, they'll be well, um, you know, managed in terms of what the, the job is that they have to do. But I, I think you're right. I think the Rangers have still got a start in 11 at least that should have job the job done before you start having to look to anybody on the bench. Uh, Ryan Jack as well, you know, he he came back on on Wednesday night there. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been here with Ryan Jack saying Ryan Jack's back and, and but you're kinda hoping, I mean he came on, he done he done pretty well. Uh, you're hoping that this is the time that he's uh, his injuries are behind him and because I, I I'm generally starting to fear for the guy. You know what I mean? It, it just seems whenever he comes back he breaks down and you just you do you do you just start to fear about his long term future, but you're hoping it would be really good if if this was him now because you know we're in the January window we're making new signings if if we get a fit and fire and Ryan Jack back now for the running that is almost like a new signing you know what I mean because he's oh, yeah. so integral to the team when he plays yeah no I, I would agree with you there I think sometimes sometimes the best sight or, or, or the the best arrival is a guy that actually starts turning up every day for training. You know that you've already got your squad, rather than somebody that just knew through the door. Um, he's he's had a he's had a real tough tough time of it of late because as you say you know he, he puts the work in and he's put a hell of a lot of work in, and I don't think either under Van Bronckhorst or under Steven Gerrard, I don't think he's ever been rushed back. I think the big thing is he's been given time as to prove his fitness and make sure in his own mind that he's happy with the situation. But it just has they it just has they worked out for him um so far. Hopefully touch wood 
um, as I, I would say with any player, if you if you're out for that length of time and you put the work in to come back, I hope he gets a a, a run of games, um, just to establish himself again. But he would be a useful guy to have um, over the last five months of this season. And you feel from as well because obviously he missed out in the Euros as well, and he missed a, a fair chunk. Although he did contribute to fifty five, you know, he, he played a, a fair amount of games enough to get a medal and all that kind of thing. He did miss a fair chunk. So it feels like two of the biggest things of his career, you know, the injury has struck just just, just at that point. So, yeah, it would be good. I think it'd be great to see him back in that team and, and, and doing the business for us because he's a great player. The fact, the fact that you're actually talking about him almost, you know, as the kind of forgotten one actually tells you yeah. exactly where he is career-wise and in this squad currently. You know what I mean? He's 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 been unlucky with injuries. But it's been a it's been a hell of a drag for the guy, you know. You you you're thinking, you know. I I to sit down and actually look to see when he had a last he last had a decent run of games with Rangers, and you you know time time moves on and you forget actually you know as you say last summer he wasn't part of the Scotland setup because yeah. of that and and he 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 missed so much of last season at different times um, as well. He's a, he'll be a handy guy to have a fit for the rest of the season and the thing is if it, if it doesn't work out for him dare I say it Rangers have actually actually played without him for such a long time yeah. he's not actually going to be he, he, he will be missed um, but he, he's not going to be missed well, to the same extent if he actually played the last 40 league matches yeah we've, we've learned to live without him really yeah. haven't we that's, yeah. that, that's the thing it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. Career wise for him as well, but he's in a position there where he's he's just not had that, and you know, and not over egging it or dwelling on it. But you start to think back to other Rangers players who started to miss games and thereafter never was really the same player again, and and just their career just drifted away, or they played for a, a bit and then suddenly succumbed to whatever injuries you had. I, I, you know, touch with it, it, it doesn't go this far. But, you know, I remember, you know, Alan McLaren and, and you know, having to sit in a the wee sort of anti-room just at Ibrooks there when he came in um, and Walter gave his, his Friday press conference. He said, if you just wait there you know, a minute, boys, I've got somebody else coming in. And it was McLaren that came in. And that was him, basically, he said he tried everything and that was his career at an end. And... Yeah. He, he just broke down and it, it ended up it was just myself and Jim Black who was at the, the sun at the time the two of us sat for about you know a good 40 minutes earlier with him just, just talking to him talking things through and, and you know and, and trying to emphasise with him that even at this low point he would have a he had a career that other people could only dream about yeah, yeah. and it's um you know, I, I hope it doesn't come to that, you know, um, with any player. But you, you're almost, you almost become the forgotten man. And to try and re-establish yourself again, he could play for the next season and people will still be referring back to all the time that he missed. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, it has, I mean, I would say for the last sort of year and a bit, it's been an issue with him, has it? I would say since he's arrived at Rangers, I, I've always viewed him as a sort of seven, eight games in, three, four out type of player. And then recently, you know, in the recent before he's 
been out. The, the, the amount of games that he was playing were, was coming down, and the amount of games he was missing, the, you know, the gap was creeping up. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, hopefully this is this is a turning point. I've got the shirt up there where he scored twice uh, at, at Ross County, so hopefully that's an omen for us getting a result tomorrow, and hopefully it's an omen for him then. himself. As people text in saying they don't think very much of your wardrobe, um, <laughs> you seem to be minus a few doors. Uh, just, just, uh, just, um, you know, just mentioning players. I mean, I remember when Ian Ferguson signed for you know big, big money um, under Graham Souness, and he took an eternity to get going because he was he was troubled by you know various injuries, and it was like it was it started off as a you know, I think it started off with his instep, then moved to his his ankle, then his ankle became his calf, then his shin, then his knee, then his cat, uh, his, his thigh. Did he not have a weird virus as well? At one point, Ian Ferguson. What he actually what he actually had was uh, a problem. I think it was um, a stomach muscle, and he was clowning about in goals one day, and it just went twang. And once that was repaired, then that was him fine. And he became almost indestructible. You, you, you looked at a guy who just couldn't get a start for Rangers to suddenly be a guy who would bite being fully fit was, you know, one of the first names doing in the team the sheet team for, yeah. for the best part of a, a, a decade. Obviously, a big game coming up on Wednesday night. Uh, sure, I noticed. We're over the road uh, to that mob across the road. So... We've got the half 12 kickoff tomorrow, so vital that Rangers get the three points. One, it puts a wee bit of pressure on Celtic and, and their game in the afternoon. And two, it ensures we're going over the road uh, on Wednesday night with, with the four points at least. And that gives you something to defend. You know, if, if we come away with a draw, we've maintained that four points. If we get the win, we've extended it. You know, if we go in there with less than the four points, it, it, you know, it becomes tight. I, I mean, it's, it's strange. Strange times we live in, and and, and listen. I, I mean, I people will say, and they're trying to again cultivate stories about you know this game being so you know we're into February and they're only playing this game and and all the rest of it. Listen, there've been previous, there've been other seasons where you've had games, you know, that, that have they come around old firm games for for various reasons. You know, I go back, you know, you go back to the year um, when when Diana was killed. That, that Sunday there was supposed to be an old firm game that Sunday and and again ultimately for me that, that proved one of the turning points that season because it turned into a, a game that Celtic had and um, you know it was supposed to be at Celtic Park the game was called off and all of a sudden that gave them a you know that, that gave Celtic an advantage later on in the season um, I, 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 I think it's going to be strange next week anyway because it's a midweek game yeah. You know, it's it's almost like everything has been, you know, governed by you no. Know, you must play, um, you must play in um on on, on weekends. Uh, I, I mean, I remember several occasions when Rangers went to Celtic Park and came back with, you know, great great victories, and again when there was a lot riding on it for Celtic to actually make a mark and make a statement, um, and Rangers come away with that one. You know, I was thinking, I was just looking at something the other day there, and it was. Uh, when Rangers went 12 points clear when uh, Rod Wallace, Rod scored, Wallace yeah. scored the only goal. Um, and, and that was about this, about this time of year as, as, as well. You know, it was a big difference then between 
you know, hope to maintain your four-point leader, maybe maybe increase that, you know, four points, the difference between four points and twelve is rather sizable. But again, it's one of these one of these games that if you get a result and a performance at this time of the season, it can mean so much to you because all of a sudden there's nowhere for the opposition to go. They kind of went to the transfer market and strengthen. They kind of bring in new players. They they maybe even kind of you know, change their, their starting lineup. So there's a lot riding on these two games. But then again, I suppose if you play for Rangers every two games or every three games, yeah. they're always important. Every, every, every game's a cup final, as they say. Uh, right, f- final sort of talking point tonight, sure. Uh, I, I was looking at Ross County and, you know, their sort of form at the moment. They're, they're, they're lying ninth in the, the form table. They've won two uh, of the last six games. Uh, they've lost uh, three of those and, and drawn one. They have had a wee sort of rejuvenation recently, you know. Uh, Malcolm McKay did sort of. There was a there was a time there when they were really struggling, but it seems that they've got a wee sort of run of results and have picked up. And I always feel, you know, when you look at the games earlier on this season, you know, I, I felt we played really well eh, up at Dingwall the, the last time, but we just couldn't shake them off. You know, we mm. were one nine up, two nine up, then it was two one, three one up, then three two, and the game at Ibrox, you know, I, I can remember. Eh, saying on the, the preview show, I think it was Ross that was on that night, because that was in the middle of the time where we, were, where we were going behind every game, we were conceding the first goal every game, and I was like, surely tomorrow's the day that we don't go behind. And lo and behold, like two minutes in, <laughs> you know, Ross County go one nine up. And we won that game 4-2, but again, it was it was comfortable, but you know, not as comfortable as it, as, as it probably should have been. And uh, it's just, it just that feeling that Ross County, even though we always seem to beat them, they're always quite tricky games. These are, from a Ross County perspective, this is this is a, a free hit for them, isn't it? Hmm. You know, if they if they get anything from this game, this is a bit of a Brucey bonus that they didn't expect, and it's and it's a a, a big a big point or a big three points you know you, you never know but it, it'd be such a sizable bonus and boost for them given where they are in the table and also the fact that they've taken it off somebody like Rangers so they'll 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 really they, they've got absolutely nothing to lose in this game I think it's a game where you know Rangers need to contain them Rangers need to to play with a bit of authority and they need to take the chances that come their way so that they're not missing, you know, chances galore and suddenly getting desperate again. I think if Rangers score early, they might score a couple early. Ideally, that's what they do. But I think, you know, again, Rangers don't want this to be dragging on into it nil nil at half time or um or 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 chasing a game late on when they should have won it in the first the first 20 minutes. You know, again. All in all, I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has been pretty good. I mean, there's been a real turnaround, a real transformation in Rangers, given the fact that almost every game under Steven Gerrard, they went a goal behind and ended up chasing their tails to actually being in a situation where, well, if we don't score, we just make sure the opposition don't score either. Uh-huh. Not, to make, not, not to make things too difficult for ourselves. All in all, I think, you know, Rangers will win this one, whether it's a goal or five goals. Who knows? Then again, who cares? The three points are the thing that's important. 
This is true. This is true. Uh, I mean, uh, defensively, I feel confident. I must admit, it's just it's just at the other end of the park at the moment. We'll, we'll have enough. But obviously, we've got Kent back tomorrow. You would you would imagine Roof would start. Aribo's back in the team, so hopefully all will be well. Uh, right, Stuart, I think that's just about us for tonight. So a big thanks to Stuart for his contribution there. Great stuff as always. Well, we're live tonight, as we always are, on the Friday and the Sunday nights. Always live. But the pod is available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Spotify, all your usual places, guys. Uh, we'll have a show out on Sunday night to cover the game uh, tomorrow. I believe Ross is hosting that one, so join him at half nine on Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself on to the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, until the next time, guys, bye for now.